0: Tonight we talk acting, and why we like getting under another person's skin. It's the art of becoming somebody else. Because maybe just for a little while, you don't want to be Grayson or Earl James. Maybe for a little while, you want to be a superhero. Maybe you've always wanted that recognition and that love from adoring citizens and the ability to help people and maybe you wanted to be a super genius just for a little while you wanted to be admired for your mind over anything else just once whether or not it's for a second a minute an hour a day you take what you can get because you want that just so bad and that's the beauty in acting You get to become somebody else. You get to become something else. And maybe you've been struggling, whether or not it's at work or at school, in life. Dealing with people, you have a lot of pent-up emotions. Well, you've just stumbled across maybe the best way to let those emotions out. If you're sad from something tragic happening, or if you're angry, acting has all the opportunities to let those feelings be felt healthily. And it's not just for the people who want to experience other lives for whatever intermission they desire. Acting is also for the people who aren't comfortable with who they are. Maybe you're not okay with being Grace and Earl James. You're a little awkward. You, you fumble, you stumble, and you don't really know how to get better at being you. Sometimes the best way to be yourself is to learn what it's like to be other people, to see what it's like to be in an exaggerated state of, I am a rock star, and I have to deal with these issues that a rock star has, in the imaginary world, of course, but just as many hypothetical problems, nonetheless. It really helps put life into perspective. In a moment, you'll be listening in on a conversation I had with two new friends, actually. My friend Jacob and my friend Rose. You might remember, a little while ago, I gave a shout-out to another podcast, a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Dice Knights. Well, Jacob and Rose are from that podcast. That's pretty neat, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you enjoy the conversation I had with these two lovely people.
1: After about five hours of editing, I still had Mm. about an hour and a half, and I was like, oh god.
0: This show usually goes for like roughly an average of an hour to 45 mm-hmm. minutes. I don't like to put a, a flat time set on it, like 45, we're cutting mm-hmm. it off. But right. y- usually by the time a guest and I have uh, expended a topic, really, we hit mm. this this conversational low around that mark, and I'm like, that's a good place to cut it.
2: That was all of our previous recording, just a conversational low.
0: Uh, I feel <laughs> like the last quarter we got really into it. And that was, you know, because we did a little conversation. And that's
2: what we're cutting out. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm kind of confused now. Anyways, back to the actual podcast. Back,
0: yeah, yeah, back Yeah, if you'd, to the if you'd like podcast, to start. <laughs> I was just literally about to say that Jacob and I really hit our stride in the podcast, which we threw away when we started talking about acting and getting into other people's skin. So why don't you two introduce yourselves... Probably, I'm just going to shout it out, so there's no confusion. Confusing. Confusion. Jacob first, then Rose. Tell us, like, where the people can find you, and why should they care? Who are you guys?
2: Yeah, I believe in gender stereotypes, ladies first.
1: <laughs> okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if you want to. I... i I will i will take that uh i am rose i play oriana Crake on a podcast called dice nights it's Mm a D &D podcast um i am a writing student in college currently um i have a background in theater i do some voice acting work um i've done i've Mm -hmm. done dance performance for about 10 years um so i have a reasonable amount of um acting background and producing background for uh performing arts um i mean if anybody wants to they can find Mm -hmm. my twitter at rose and ivy with underscores between each word but i'm not super active um i also have a blog that's um slightly wilted rose at blogspot.com or wordpress rather slightly wilted rose at wordpress but really, the best place, if you want to hear more of me, is at the Dice Nights podcast, um, which can be found in uh, iTunes or Stitcher.
0: 10 out of 10. So professional. And now, <laughs> I try. now, on to Jacob.
2: Hi, I'm Jacob.
0: Okay, that's it for Jacob. <laughs> now, please, go on. Where where can the people find you? Uh, why should they care? I know that you're also on Dice Nights. It's just... Uh, just silence or
1: jacob don't be a
2: piece of shit i'm sorry i'm eating chocolate
1: god oh, damn it oh my god
0: look <laughs> jacob this is a professional podcast
1: did you not hear my intro like... uh,
2: so wait am i introducing myself again or am i introducing dice knights you're introducing yourself
0: and a touch on dice knights because
2: okay shoot all right i i'm jacob mm-hmm. i uh i play zephyr finandir and shaladian shadowheart in the growing podcast dice knights um I am I live in Las vegas nevada i uh don't do much except you know cower in fear of the skeleton army um but uh I love playing d and d yeah. and I love acting um, I was in theater in high school and I did a little bit of community theater out of it and uh yeah, it's a good time. I'm also in retail so uh I'm all about being fake <laughs> oh uh, snap. you can f- that was
0: too real because I'm also in retail. I guess that's why it's called re- real tale. yeah.
2: You, you oh, can find our, oh, you can find, shut up, you can find our Facebook page at oh, facebook.com slash Dice Knights Podcast, and we are actually doing a giveaway right now, where uh, all you have to do is like and comment on the featured post, and you have the opportunity to win a bunch of cool shit. Um shit. And, yeah, uh, it's ex- ending May 21st. <laughs>
0: Excuse me, but not to uh, take your thunder away, and, you know, tell you how to do your giveaway, but sharing is also an option, young Scallywag.
2: Sharing is also an option. Yes. You get a, You get an entry for each thing you do, so mm-hmm. like, comment, or share.
0: And now I feel like, uh, and excuse my language, but like a satisfying jackass kind of feel just for pointing that out. Do you guys ever get that? <laughs> Calling somebody out on like missing something and you're like, I feel so good right now.
2: I do that at work all the time. A
0: Finger guns. I
1: was a hardcore grammar Nazi for a long time. So. Still is. I'm, I'm in rehab. I'm okay. <laughs> I've gotten better.
0: <laughs> so what kind of videos does a grammar Nazi watch to like de-nazify themselves exactly?
1: I mean really it's just reading a lot of YouTube comments and refraining oh, from commenting, yeah. you know, correcting. Oh. It's like immersion therapy of just like people can be wrong and that's mm-hmm. okay and it's not your job to correct them even though you're crying inside.
0: I think so. I just got chills just thinking of YouTube comments. I know right. Comments. It's
1: terrifying. It's a it's a war zone, honestly. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Rose, you weren't, oh. uh, you weren't here for this, obviously, but we keep, we keep mentioning it, so it's important to just lay it flat out that Jacob and I tried to record a podcast episode together, and we enjoyed, well, at least I enjoyed talking to Jacob, it was, it was swell, Jacob was a fun person to talk to, who actually reminds me a lot of friends I have, which concerns me, and my li- <laughs> my life decisions, but that all said... I enjoyed his company, but our conversation didn't go too well. So then we brought you into the fold, this, this massacre of words, really.
3: <laughs>
0: and though Jacob and I's conversation wasn't wasn't the strongest, there was a point that we started getting a feel for each other on the topic of acting, surprisingly. And then over, over more time that we talked, a little bit behind the scenes, we found out, okay, we have this kind of acting thing in common. And then I started talking to you along with Jacob and found out that you had a thing for acting and that you guys are on this Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Dice Knights, which is D and D. I've, uh, talked about your podcast on this show before, actually, just to like shout it out. I have friends that I sent over there.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh,
0: no problem. I think podcasts should help each other out. And... Uh,
1: absolutely. Tripod, right? hmm
0: And, uh...
2: What about a quad pod?
0: The... <laughs> Guys, let's not ride the quad pod. Now...
1: Oh,
2: God. That sounds like a good time, though. Ugh.
0: Shivers.
1: Obviously, neither of you listen to enough NPR. No, Never mind. I,
0: <laughs> I do not listen to any NPR.
1: They had a promotion recently that was called Tripod, and it was, a, it was an effort to get people to suggest podcasts to people who don't listen.
3: Oh, okay. And so the
1: whole idea was it was Tripod not the thing you balance a camera on but mm-hmm. trying out podcasts that's anyway that's, that's
0: interesting terrible. pretty much where i was i uh... think
1: i think for a large <laughs> company they did pretty well no oh.
2: the concept is great the <laughs> name is awful kids kids <laughs> <if> <laughs> we <laughs> don't
0: stop bickering okay we're not getting ice cream on the way home
2: we're we're getting fucking ice cream or i'm going to like beat you up look
0: there's ways for me to send ice cream to you guys somehow
2: but it actually is
1: can you send me a bag of milk? Because I've heard of that, and I I want to see one. Rose, oh what the yeah, fuck I forgot. Wrong
2: with you?
0: No, I Canada know. has bags Guys, of milk
1: instead of jugs. My
0: bags of milk come to you after your bags. My bag, my bags.
1: Your bags of milk.
0: Look, I'm Sorry, not into I'm... this racial discrimination. Okay,
1: <laughs> chill yourself
3: out.
0: Oh my God, you're destroying. Anyways, acting. I thought Jacob destroyed this podcast. Acting, yes. Yeah, you're supposed to keep me in check, Rose. So, Rose is getting into the character of Rose, and... What? You know, wild and crazy? (laughs) No? Nothing? What? What? What What appeals to you guys about acting, exactly? I know Jacob's been playing D&D for years, I think, right?
2: Yeah, like two years.
0: And, Rose, when did you get into it?
1: Um, I got into playing D&D about a year ago, um, maybe okay. a little bit more, maybe about a year and a half,
0: and um, so
1: I'm still a very new mm. player, um, which I try to tell everybody that I play with um, now, because <laughs> right. I think, um, you know, sort of having the podcast and stuff, they assume that I'm much better on the technical side, All right. um, but I was actually brought into D&D as um, basically an actress, or somebody who would sort of push the group to um, work on role play and work on character development, um, okay. since that was really my strength and like with writing and, and creating characters. Yeah, right, exactly. All right. Um, so uh, what sort of strikes me, what I really enjoy about, about acting is mm-hmm. I think it gives the individual license to experience other people mm-hmm. uh, in a very intimate way. All right. I think there is a degree of um, you learn how to set your own self aside
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um, fully commit to a completely different perspective and a completely different uh, way of thinking, even, mm-hmm. and seeing the world. And I think that uh, it, it teaches the actor quite a bit about the people around them.
0: And you were acting even... Before this, what did you say? Last year that you got into D and D, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I've I've had um a a limited amount of stage um experience. I've All been right. in a couple shows in high school. Really, um, my my sort of the bulk of my acting career has been. Um, I did ballet for about eight years, mm-hmm. um, and. While many people don't really see that as necessarily an acting thing, there is a degree Mm -hmm. of understanding of stage presence Mm -hmm. and um, emotional, um, what's the word, Um, sort of emotional acting that you do on stage while you perform um, to sort of create the emotive experience of the performance. So I've done a lot of that. I've done a little bit of voice acting here and there. Um, I've always been interested in the theater. Um, I sing as well, which is also something that I I at least find. I'm a very artsy person. Um, Mm -hmm. Do not put me in anything athletic, though, because I I cannot (laughs) do that. Um, But so, I mean, even something like singing um, Mm -hmm. or dancing, I think, has a degree of acting in it and that you need to express certain emotions and feelings and you need to create a persona for yourself Mm -hmm. when you perform. Um, because that's what people attach themselves to when they watch you.
0: Completely Um, agree. Completely agree. People can see it in your eyes, I think, when you really commit to being this new person. Because you, you break down these walls that you have about being yourself. There's these walls that I feel like I hold myself to, that I feel like other people hold themselves to, to keep them protected. To keep them from judgment from other people, because... Being in the spotlight, being the focus is dangerous sometimes. Actually, a lot of the time. I don't know why I'm saying sometimes. A lot of the time, being the focus of things is dangerous. It's much safer to be in the background of things, to uh, blend in as you will. Which is funny because uh, the last, I've moved around a lot in my life, but the last high school I went to, the, uh, the stereotype, what people used to blend into was like this country kind of a person. So mm-hmm. a lot of people wore camo to school. And uh, when you say, you know, blend in, they took it literally.
1: <laughs> I go to my college is in um, mm-hmm. central Illinois. So I absolutely understand that, given that I'm surrounded on three sides by cornfields. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> Holy but, moly. Uh,
1: yeah. And. So, um, but, but I agree. I think there is, uh, I mean, there, there's a reason why not everybody's an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, or an actress and that there is a sense of daring um in in you know being Uh somebody else and being a spectacle um which is sort of the the business of the arts i think it's very hard to especially performing arts it's very hard to be a shy person um (laughs) and and sort of be fully in the performing arts mm-hmm. unless you prefer, you know, background tech, directing, writing, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think um.
0: you're wrong there. I think there there has to be a disconnect somewhere at least. And uh, Jacob, what did, I know you've been in D&D longer than Rose, but where I know you also said you run theater. So where did you start off?
2: Oh man, where did I start off? Um for the record, I can't sing like
0: at
3: all.
2: So I, I'm I'm like the worst at it. Like I've been told <laughs> that. But uh my mm-hmm. first thing was I was in a musical. Um, oh wow. That's ironic. I was supposed to just be like in a a background role, but the uh one of the character roles actually <clears throat> he uh got sick and he wasn't unable to do it, so I got uh-huh. his role. And uh, it wasn't a singing role, but it was a dancing role. Um, oh, spicy. fun fact, Rose, I can dance. Um Can
0: you? That's hot. Like take it yeah, take <laughs> now.
2: It's it's a very uh saying that i like to keep secret but uh what was i saying um i had the role and that's where it kind of like started like the whole acting thing that was in Mm -hmm. like 10th grade i think
1: what Um, show is it
2: bye bye birdie
1: really what character were you Uh,
2: i was hugo peabody
1: that's amazing supposed to be
0: like a popular play because i've never heard of it
1: it's i think it's big in america because it focuses on basically like in uh stand-in for Elvis going off to war so it's a very like Americana 50s yeah. or f- 40s kind of very we have, satirical we have Elvis yeah.
0: I know that but we uh we don't have Bye Bye Birdie
1: yeah but, so I mean it's mm. it's definitely like an Americana musical so I, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't really produce it in other countries because it doesn't have the cultural context
0: you know America um,
1: America well I mean you know my my biggest show that I was ever in was Chicago hmm. um which you know is I have obviously heard of. a very I have heard of, yeah. yeah it's a little bigger um but and i was just i was just in the chorus it wasn't any big thing All right. um but, but yeah
0: jacob you were uh, you were saying about being in peabody
2: <laughs> <laughs> the character's name was hugo peabody i know that's um, that's
0: a joke i got you boo
2: i know and i'm, I'm correcting you because fuck off um <laughs> oh and uh cool.
1: ladies ladies you're both pretty
2: But, uh, yeah, that was kind of the start of the whole theater thing. Like, I had such a good time, like, doing that, because, like, it's even just behind the scenes when you're not even acting, the people you meet and stuff. But, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know, because I'm, like, I'm really introverted, but I'm also really extroverted.
0: Mm -hmm. I can relate completely.
2: Um, But I think that's like, that's the most extroverted way to be an introvert. Because you're not being yourself, you're being someone else. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, that's kind of fun. So, like, I take, it's so fun to actually, like, the idea of being in someone else's skin and being that person totally appeals to me because i don't know Mm. life is kind of boring it's kind of fun to like mix it up
0: do you guys mind if i level with you a little bit kind of go on a a bit of a tangent
1: feel free how much do you guys
0: know about anxiety and people dealing with anxiety
2: oh boy
1: i have anxiety and jacob
2: same Same. i do too Uh, oh by the way fun fact was i have anxiety
0: Whoops!
1: We're learning so much about each confessions. Other. Oh, I know
2: all this shit about you
0: and drama. All this coming out on this Night We Talk podcast. No, um, what I was about to say is, and I was going to go into my my deep dark backstory because it's edgy. No, uh, I told Jacob this already, but I got bullied like intensely when I was a kid, and uh, I'm not going to repeat all the the juicy deets because I'm sure Jacob's already tired of hearing it the first time, but. And just to uh, round it up, you know, it was pretty emotionally scarring, as a lot of intense bullying is, and I find I got through it through acting in a lot of ways. Learning to make people laugh, learning to kind of deflect when the insults came my way. And that was very much my way of coping with what was happening. And, uh, in the previous conversation Jacob and I had, he also said that uh, he catches himself kind of coping with, with humor sometimes, with deflections, and uh, I know acting specifically. When a, a child has anxiety, it's strongly recommended, at least where I've come from, the schools I've been to, that they are recommended to take a, uh, an acting class, a uh, drama course. And the purpose of it is to get them out of their bubble. Make them deal with the the crazy hectic becoming somebody else. So that way being who they are is a lot easier in comparison. And I think it's the most amazing way. the, uh, The very much the sense of trial by fire. Throw somebody into a pool and wait for them to swim. And if they don't do it, you fish them out and try again to help people deal with these things. So it's not like acting, it's just this this entertainment mechanism, uh, not even mechanism, just this uh, sort of thing people do for, you know, laughs and giggles and for the tears even or the butterflies in and their stomach. Money. And the money <laughs> and all the sweet, sweet cash and cocaine. But <laughs> it's also this thing that legitimately helps people. It trains them to be better than who they are. And I'm wondering if you guys have a take on that at all.
2: Rose, th- feel free to start.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I think that in a lot of ways, and you know, and many people deal with anxiety in mm-hmm. many different ways. But I think using the arts as a medium, um, espe- especially focusing in on acting and focusing in on performance. Mm-hmm. I think when you allow yourself to let go of who you are and simply Mm -hmm. focus on um, being someone else and and experiencing the world in a different way, I think it. I think the the theater feeds you as much as you feed the theater. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's sort of this um, symbiotic relationship. That develops. Um, I've never met an actor who um, has performed well Mm -hmm. and hasn't given a shit. Um, That's not really possible. And I think that when, uh, you know, and it's not even necessarily, you know, scripted roles. I I used to be the leader for improv troupe uh, on campus, and that's a very different kind of acting. And I've spoken to many. Um, You know, of our best stage actors who say, I can't do improv. Mm
3: -hmm. I
1: can't do something that isn't scripted, that I don't have time to think and develop into. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think having that moment where you can be absolutely ridiculous and, um, you know, fast-paced and work through, you know, these very, very quick scenes that don't have to make sense and are just spur the moment i think that's another huge way that people you know have breakthroughs and mm-hmm. realize that you know if i can do this in performance i can do this mm-hmm. in life um i used to tell people who would you know come to improv um brand new who mm-hmm. were really nervous i don't know you know they'd say i don't know if i can do this i don't think very quickly i've never acted before yeah and i always said you know this You know, if you don't want to ever perform, that's absolutely fine. But just doing this will make you think faster in everyday life. Mm -hmm. It will make you better at public speaking. It'll make you more confident in your own voice and your own body language. You'll learn about your own body and what Mm -hmm. you look like from the outside. Um, And all of that, you know, really helps with personal confidence. Mm -hmm. Because there's also, you know, there's a line that says, well, this isn't really me, so no one can... You know, no one can laugh at me directly because I was uh-huh. playing a role. I was in a scene, you know. it's They're not laughing at me. They're laughing at the event. They're laughing at the the scene or the character. Mm-hmm. But you're still, you know, you are so in tune with your body when you create those scenes and you create those characters and you say those lines or you mm-hmm. make up that joke that, you know, it's, it's simultaneously becoming someone completely different and finally settling in your own skin.
0: And Jake, what's your take?
2: What was the question
1: again? <laughs> anxiety I, and acting. I, I, I kind
2: of got lost in all of Rose's description.
1: Anxiety and acting. It was a beautiful description. <laughs> I can be wordy. I apologize.
2: Um, so, like, anxiety and acting. Uh, yeah, like... What she said. I don't know. It's like, she summed it up so well, because it's like, I don't know. Well, let it me gives act. you such a good confidence in, like, mm-hmm. doing something else, because... Y- while you have these problems, like you can project them through something else instead of projecting them through you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know, like when Oriana like gets mad in the campaign, she projects mm-hmm. it through her character, not like her actual person. Like let's say like Rose is like upset in real life, which I assume she always is. Okay. Because and like she can take out a lot of her like frustrations through Oriana mm-hmm. because the situation fits. So, like, I don't know, when someone does something stupid, like, I don't know, goes off into a cave, mm-hmm. and she just has to follow, because <laughs> she shouldn't, and then she gets attacked by a facehugger, then, I
0: mean... Okay,
1: okay first uh-huh. off, spoilers. Um, what?
2: I, I was just giving an example. I wasn't saying that, that actually happens.
0: <laughs> now you've confirmed it, and it's all downhill.
1: But but I think to what, to what Jacob is saying mm-hmm. is, I think that's really, you know, that's very accurate, and it's much easier to get those very high strong emotions out Mm -hmm. when the scenario is much more serious i think in our everyday lives Mm -hmm. um you know we don't always have the excuse or the scenario to break down and cry or sob or scream at somebody Mm -hmm. um but you know if you're in a show you know if you're in hamlet and you know you've just stabbed laertes
3: you can cry you're going to have a much higher
1: oh come on um, you're going to have a much higher octane reaction mm-hmm. and so you know if you're living your life and you're going through you know you're failing a class and you don't know how you're going to change that or you know rents due mm-hmm. and you just got fired from your job or something you know if you're going through these high stress scenarios and it's very hard to mm-hmm. let yourself fully emote the theater is a wonder you know acting is a wonderful way to actually, give in to those emotions in a way that is seen as much more acceptable and i think that's Mm -hmm. you know i think that's one of the real um issues with modern you know society especially for men is that they're not allowed to have a full range of emotions Mm -hmm. um there's all of this posturing connected to crying or getting too angry Mm -hmm. or you know even just feeling sad Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of machismo attached you know attached to you're either fine and successful or you're mm-hmm. violently angry, which you know really should not be the way that you funnel emotions but I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of how you know modern day culture pushes that mm-hmm. um, and I think acting, which is surprisingly seen as a as an effeminate thing often hmm. um, really you know it becomes a such a good way to express those Mm -hmm. emotions in a healthy way and in a way that builds Mm -hmm. instead of um you know eats you up from the inside
0: and you've given me so many so many great examples which i have seen in real life no doubt of ways acting helps with people expressing themselves like you uh, like you said about men not being able to really show their emotions in public um what's what's another thing men can't do uh you know it's a it's a little bit off topic but a lot of times uh it's looked more i suppose you could say acceptable for let's say two women to to kiss and it is two men to kiss at the same time
1: mm-hmm. and or really any kind of physical affection Mm-hmm. Sure. Um,
0: besides like uh, a one-handed hug kind of a thing
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you know the bro hug that Mm -hmm. has exactly three pats on the back like that is ridiculous Mm -hmm. i mean it's perfectly fine if that's what you prefer but there is a socialization um and again you know acting asks you to understand your body and your physicality Mm -hmm. uh when you're on stage Mm -hmm. you know if it's scripted that you're dancing with somebody you have to dance Mm -hmm. with that person regardless of gender or or, you know
0: guess what buddy you're dancing
1: exactly um Mm -hmm. and i had a thing oh um and i think you know the other wonderful part about performance and acting Mm -hmm. is that you know it asks the audience to participate in that emotion Mm -hmm. um you know so even if you're not the one on the stage you know the the point is to evoke Mm -hmm. a real visceral reaction from your audience whether it be laughter or crying or excitement um Mm -hmm. I was um, assistant stage managing for a show called August Osage County All right. which is a 3 hour long drama and it it's exhausting. It is absolutely emotionally exhausting. And uh there was this day where we were we were just rehearsing. Nobody was in costume, nobody was in makeup. I'm like trying to write down lines that people are forgetting and taking notes and organizing things. And um two of the actors were doing a scene where um Basically, these, these, this couple that have been married for mm-hmm. 15, 20 years finally decides to, to split.
3: Oh, and wow.
1: it's, you know, it's very emotional and, and very low-key also. You know? It's mm-hmm. not this screaming, ranting thing. It's this very quiet scene. And I just sort of turned up to look at them, mm-hmm. and I started crying. You know, and this is, you know, this is without costumes, without lights, without, Mm -hmm. you know, a stage. Like, we didn't have the set up. We didn't have, you know, this is my my friend, you know, my two friends who I've known and and everything. And they just got into this scene and Mm -hmm. I just started crying because it hit me. And I think, you know, that's the other (coughs) half of acting (coughs) is reaching out and asking the audience to, um, you know, participate. And that's Mm -hmm. really where the roots of acting came from. In ancient Greece... When, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. drama as we know it started, there was this concept of catharsis, Mm -hmm. um, which translates roughly to, um, sort of an, an upending or a rushing out. All right, And that was the point of acting was to have the audience Mm -hmm. go through an intense emotional state and clean all of their emotions Mm -hmm. out. You know, that's why you have Oedipus Mm -hmm. at the very end, um... You know, weeping, blind, walking out of uh, Thebes, I think. I mean, I think that's wrong. But, you know, walking out of his city after being, you know, losing everything mm-hmm. he had. And that is to, to make the audience feel for him. He did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, he, all he did was follow his fate. And that, you know, that is the point. And I think that's the, the cornerstone that all theater is built on.
0: Yes, and... Sorry,
1: I went on for a really long time. No,
0: I very much enjoyed it, and like I've said before, I really like the sound of your voice, so it all works out. <laughs> now, that's quite the amazing thing, um, you mentioning the Greeks, because I'm not sure how familiar... Like, it sounds like you're quite familiar with uh, Greek philosophy <laughs> and culture, but they had, they had a phrase, and I can't remember the phrase, unlike, uh, unlike you had. You had a, a phrase in Latin, which they followed.
1: Well, Greek, because Greek was pre-Latin. Sorry, oh. I'm an asshole.
0: <laughs> you know this is my podcast. No, I'm kidding, i <laughs> um, Don't worry, I'm always uh, into learning, so I'm not offended by the correction. But, whether the case, or whatever the case, they had a phrase, and it communicated this feeling of neutrality. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I might be... There's a slight chance I could be confusing them for the Romans, but I think it was the Greeks which very much believed in the philosophy of keeping neutral in your emotions, staying very composed. They looked very fondly on that. And the fact that uh, they took so much much passion into theater is quite astounding when you go into it having a philosophy of, no, keep composed. But this, this one place, though, this is where you can go to feel something. Right? I think that's a little a little wild. And and I say this, what I'm about to say is completely serious, so I don't laugh when I say the word porn. Huh. Uh, you know, I've told my friends before, and now you're probably going to be like, wow, what kind of friends do you have? Uh, but just being completely serious, I've told my friends that in a way porn is a sympathy exercise. And I know it's it's weird to compare that to, uh, this really, this really deep conversation about acting and how it's a sympathy exercise for the audience and, and the actors to really communicate and connect on the strong emotion. Truly, you know, I feel like it's very prominent in tragedies, especially, um, you know, communicating this feeling that the hero loses. Um, but just saying porn and sorry, I'm completely losing my, uh, train of thought here but yeah porn and acting both very much sympathy exercises but i also wanted to add but i think it's oh, sorry, go on.
1: i think it's interesting that you connect um you know high drama uh well not not even necessarily high drama but acting in general to porn in that you know porn is sort of the the physical mm-hmm. sympathy exercise as you put it um you know it is it's physical fulfillment it's understanding your body and um the desires of that body Mm -hmm. which i think is often you know in our um in our generally judeo-christian values um you know western 21st Mm -hmm. century world there is this very strange um sort of taboo Mm -hmm. about bodies and physicality um and I you know I would agree that often porn can be this this way. You know, as long as it's used in a healthy manner and it's not an obsession and it's mm. not, you know, um used to degrade or um uh
0: I know what you're trying to say like uh, depreciate.
1: Well, depreciate or degrade or even um
3: objectify a word
1: and I'm losing it. Uh that that also works. Um you know, anybody who participates, mm-hmm. which sadly happens when you have this taboo about bodies and sexual activity, mm-hmm. um, it can, you know, it can be a very helpful way to understand your own self and your own sexual drive and desires. Yes. And personally, I'm not a very religious person, personally. Oh, completely um, the same. But I think that, you know, th- there is, I like, I understand people's hesitance and bend mm. about porn and you know the industry itself has a lot of flaws
3: um and it can be very very unsafe
1: exactly Mm -hmm. um but i can i cannot totally understand where you're coming from with this idea that it is a sympathy exercise Mm -hmm. um i would i would posit that acting is more primarily an emotive um, and sometimes mm-hmm. an intellectual sympathy exercise, whereas porn is a physical one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they, they're two sides of the same coin. I can totally see that.
0: And that's, that's very, very important to um, separate. And I'm glad you did that because I didn't think to separate it when I should have to say that one's physical, one's emotional. But you couldn't have said it better when you said that there are two sides of the same coin. Now, <laughs> after that, I don't want to say it's a tangent because it was still on topic. But just a little bit, a little earlier, we were saying how much, and back to the emotional, emotional connection the audience has to acting and the show that goes on between actor and performance. You said that sometimes these emotions that we have get expressed through the shows that we put on and the performances we do. And, uh, Jacob, you were, you were telling me the other day about a scene in dice nights which you found yourself kind of arguing with uh rose's character oriana and it was like real emotion (laughs) am i uh am i mistaken is what's the story behind that
2: okay so story behind it was uh that day was a pretty bad day at work Mm-hmm. And I don't normally talk about bad days if they're really bad. I normally just talk about shitty customers. All right. Um, but uh, that game, uh, Oriana decided to uh, yell at me, which would have been, I think, the first time she's ever yelled at one of my characters. I think she's yelled at everyone else. Um, okay. And so, yeah, I kind of just flew off the handle, too. I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just yell at each other. And, like... That's not how I built the character. Mm-hmm. Um, the character's supposed to be like calm and collected most of the time, and but he lost. Just it. kind of brushed things aside. But yeah, I'm just like, you know, let's just let's just yell. And, uh, <laughs> and that brings me to the point that I wanted to bring up. Okay. We've talked a lot about uh, how good acting can be. How bad can it be for you, though? How bad like, can it be? I can give a lot of examples for that. Uh, primarily, one of my most recent exes. Okay. Um, Rose knows well about her. Um, <laughs> we're going to call her um what's X her number
0: name? one <laughs>
2: uh well i don't i don't care about her name her name's claudia um but <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Oof, name, just Oof. fucking name drop um but uh i was with her for a long time um and a 10 like it was only like 10 months but like 10 months is a long time to me mm-hmm. cuz i'm no that is a long time
0: know. my longest relationship was nowhere near as long so
2: yeah, we were together for a while and like towards like the last 6 months I didn't want to be with her. Okay. But I also didn't want to hurt her feelings. So, so you I basically just acted the rest of the relationship like I okay. wanted to be in it and that I loved her and Sometimes. a lot of bad came from that. Like, Sometimes
0: we want that to be the truth though, right? What we uh, Yeah, but pretend.
2: like even if you know it's true, like Mm-hmm. it's kind of separating your real emotions and then putting on these fake ones. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: Well, you have... Normally... Uh,
2: sorry, go on. No, Grayson, feel free to interrupt me.
3: Uh,
0: oh. Okay, <laughs> sir.
2: I was just... Don't worry, it, it happens mm-hmm. all the time in the game, don't worry.
0: I was just going to add on to what you were saying and uh, go back to men who can't really communicate their emotions that... This acting thing, this acting to get through the day and when it's bad, is when they can't feel the way they do feel and show that to the people around them. They can't communicate it. They can't live it. They, and this is going towards specifically homosexual men that live years of their lives not being able to communicate their sexual orientation, and some go on to have wives and kids and families that... It's this big act really
2: and that's the thing about it like it's acting on stage is good
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and acting in person can be good but it does a lot of bad when you're not on the stage Mm -hmm. I know we talked a lot about about the stage and how theater is great and all which Mm -hmm. I completely agree but a lot of it in person like it's it's harmful for people Mm -hmm. because I know me personally I am the worst at expressing my emotions. You saw in the last podcast when you tried to get serious. Of course, um, <laughs> and
0: the show is a work. lot about it. It's a lot about expressing our opinions like when we started this episode Rose said this was uh, in, like, in passing let's start the interview and I like to hold this show to be something more than that. I think it's more of a conversation. I want to connect with the people that I have on the show. It's uh, really opening up about who we are more than it is me asking you about your time on Dice Nights, really. And Mm -hmm. it's so true. I catch myself in real life deflecting far too much to the point that it's what I consider bad. At one time in my life, I needed it. I needed to act to deflect from the emotion. I've mentioned this earlier on in the episode. But at this point in my life, I'm safe. Yet I still catch myself deflecting. I can't... I can't get serious with anything. I frequently use humor to deflect whether or not it's romantic advances towards me. Um, really any serious topic besides this. This show is the closest thing I've had to some genuine conversations in a long time. And it's upsetting. And I know, Jacob, you were saying that. I don't know if you if you consider it a bad thing in your life but you were saying that you catch yourself deflecting too
2: uh so mm, i'd say about 98 percent of how i cope with my emotions is deflecting Mm -hmm. um and memes uh (laughs) okay i uh i use those to make people eh, fuck i'm like admitting too much but uh i use a lot of those to uh make sure that people like don't Mm -hmm. see that like there's something actually going on um and uh i don't know it's kind of just it Mm -hmm. to me i know it's easier it's it sucks for me but like it's just easier that Mm -hmm. way and it got to the point where like i've been doing this so much that it's it's you i've it's it's kind of like i've taken on the role like Mm -hmm. this is me now
1: you've forgotten what it's like not to um hide sort of yeah
2: yeah like um my friend sent me a picture recently and this is the person that i actually talked to about my problems very rarely okay um but i still talk to her she sent me a picture of an orange and it showed All a guy right. peeling the orange and it said uh you opening up to people and then on the inside of the orange is another orange with the peel
0: oh wow that's interesting so yeah it,
2: it was pretty accurate and i'm just like oh kind of like a,
0: an onion of sorts
2: Yeah, we have layers, except my layers are orange peel skins. And orange peel skins. Yes, there's layers and layers upon orange peel skins.
1: I think there's a lot to be said about the way that we're um, sort of emotionally educated. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm going to get back into the gender topic a bit, but I think um, women are Much more emotionally educated than men are generally. All
3: right.
1: Um, And part of that is also that women are often expected to do more of the emotional labor Mm -hmm. in uh, relationships, or you know, even you know, not even romantic relationships, but interpersonal relationships. um, All right. Work relationships often. Uh, Generally, at least in my experience, and the experience of several of my other female friends. Mm
3: -hmm. Um.
1: women are tasked with remembering birthdays of picking gifts of um you know making sure that uh the the sort of morale in a space is positive Mm -hmm. um they're often tasked with um balancing sort of the needs and wants of many people and of course you know that does move into romantic relationships as well is that women are often you know it's the old story of uh you know my boyfriend didn't remember our anniversary. How could he do this? But men aren't necessarily trained to have that sort of emotive, um, you know, intelligence Mm -hmm. from a young age, because it's assumed that women are naturally more emotional Mm -hmm. Then you know, they're going to be asked to express more emotion and to think through more emotion. Whereas men Mm -hmm. won't be, which I think is damaging, um, to both sides really, because it enforces these stereotypes that really aren't true. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that often um, men get, you know, get faced with very strong emotions Mm -hmm. and do not know how to approach them. them. And so, yeah, so there is a lot of this sort of shoving to one side or burying or, Mm -hmm. um, in in very bad cases, um, reverting, you know, being so close Mm -hmm. to emotionally maturing and dealing with these things and instead reverting back to their last place because that was safe and comfortable Mm -hmm. um
0: you could also argue i think that maybe men aren't equipped physically to have this connection with their emotions that so i disagree completely you disagree
1: i disagree completely um i have known men who Mm -hmm. are incredibly emotionally mature
3: okay um
1: and you know and who who can communicate and who do mm-hmm. um you know do put in the effort to sense the emotional energy in a room all right um and it's not necessarily you know it's not everybody and i've also known women who cannot do this to save their lives mm-hmm. um you know and and sort of go the very logical straightforward route um, and so I, I wouldn't say that it's something inherent. Um, I would say that it's something that is mm-hmm. often uh, because there's an assumption you grow up focusing on, on different the assumptions exactly all
0: right and when I was proposing that it could be this this factor of one maybe one person might be more hormonal than the other, it wasn't necessarily this definitive answer it was like it's potentially there maybe but. That doesn't really I think, give an answer. I
1: think there can be individuals mm-hmm. who struggle um, with this, but I would not say that mm-hmm. it is because of their gender or sex, depending on how mm-hmm. you want to define it. And
0: that's what I would um, agree with that
1: they're un- unable. Yeah, just the same. Because um, I mean, there and, sorry, yeah. and there are definitely people. Sorry, I keep going <laughs> on. Um, but you know, there are definitely people who struggle much more with um, you know dealing with emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, as far as um, you know that it's much more of an independent individual mm-hmm. basis than being able to um sort of wrap up an entire gender identity uh-huh. in that ability to or not to because that also you know that works on the binary mm-hmm. which um you know i don't know how i'm as jacob said i'm the crazy liberal okay. um so you know i i personally do believe that you know gender is not a binary it's uh you know a there's there's much more to that um so i think it'd be damaging to say well you know men just can't do this or women just can't do this Mm -hmm. because there's some people who are not just men or just women
0: we're all different and i think that we should more along the lines focus on what's everything needs its own time in the sun, I guess I should say. That we have to yeah. both focus on what's different and what's the same, and appreciate both. We can't say that Jacob and I are the same because we both have a dick, you know?
1: Absolutely. And... I
0: better. <laughs> Sorry, I I Ex- there, was... Excuse me, Jacob, whose show are you on? Oh. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, oh. I'm kidding. I, uh, I very much have enjoyed having you guys on, but... You know, to say that you and I, Rose, or Rose, you and Jacob, to say that you two are the same as well, you can say you're similar, but nobody's the same. And... I better.
1: Debatable.
2: Sorry, guys. Like, I'm coming down with a cold. Like, I don't know what's going on.
0: Oh, wiping the sweat off my brow here.
2: <laughs> it's just...
0: I've had this conversation with friends before, and it's that we should be appreciating more than we should be... Uh, depreciating, I guess. You know, the opposite, really. Uh, Saying that people can't do these things that they want to because they might be handicapped, but instead trying to find ways around it. Or, you know, just ways to boost people up instead of saying no. And, uh, you know, hilariously enough, I think a big rule in being a DM for D&D is to always say yes. At least as much as you can.
2: No! (laughs)
0: no you don't think so no
2: (laughs) no 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 you do not (laughs) always say yes it's let me give you a prime example of why you don't always say yes okay so before i met rose i did a campaign with cameron and it was kind of like our second real campaign all right but we still did it over roll 20 um
3: Uh, Rose's
2: ex who is crazy, in the game. Don't need. I'm not gonna. I won't. Oh, I can beep it out. I can beep it out. Don't (laughs) worry. I didn't need. Uh, anyways, uh, he had a character who, uh, somehow, went insane. Um, Okay. And like, there was no reason for it. He just decided to play like that, and he decided to kill a bunch of like civilians, like Mm -hmm. just to you know cast a fireball on them. Well, uh, as a DM, you can't just let everyone get away with everything. Like, mm-hmm. That's something that has real consequences. Yeah, like, but that's no. Not...
0: You can't do that. No, that's saying yes. You, you can. It's just that it has a reaction. Okay.
2: How about this? Like, oh, I'm gonna plant this TNT mm-hmm. in this dragon's butt, and I'm gonna and like the. What you can't do that, and like I'm gonna roll for no, it. No, I think it, it's... even if you roll a a nat twenty, uh-huh. you say
0: no. This, <laughs> I like to think of this as natural selection. If you want to put <laughs> TNT in a dragon or a dinosaur's butt. Then you say yes, you can try, but you're gonna die.
3: It's well,
1: I think there's I think there's two different mm-hmm. perspectives of what saying yes is.
2: Yeah, you're saying a completely here. different
1: than what because, I'm saying because because I think what what Jacob is is saying is that um, a DM cannot let the players run the campaign. That's mm-hmm. not their job. The DM has to be there to say yes, that is within the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. and you can try for it. Um, or no, that's not because if you you know if you consistently say yes, you get characters who you know are min maxed and mm-hmm. power imbalanced, and they you know I- if you have a character that says, hey, I want to do this, you know, I want to um, you know set this thing on fire, mm-hmm. the DM should say, okay, you're allowed to set that on fire, but here are the consequences, mm-hmm. and those consequences should balance. So in the example. You know, if that character said, I want to set this building on fire killing civilians, the DM has the right to say, you did that, now you're, you know, you have Mm -hmm. to deal with this problem you created.
3: Which I think is what
1: you're saying about saying, yes, you can Mm -hmm. do that, but Jacob is saying, you know, it it is also the DM's role to limit the character Mm -hmm. so that it's not just, um, you know... You don't have these little gods going around doing whatever they want. There mm. need to be equivalent consequences. Yes, I think well, that's,
2: I a, that's. I have I have an even saying. better example that actually Cameron showed us. Um, All right. A DM. It was. It was something on Reddit. I
1: remember reading this. Yes.
2: The DM had a character who apparently like retired his character in the campaign, which is fine and dandy. All right. The character retired a king, but the the actual player wanted to still be in control of that character and run the kingdom. The DM said yes uh, to that. Okay. So apparently the king was giving him and his other friend quest that the dm didn't know about and giving them just gold out of nowhere that's something you should say no to Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't say no you can you can't control your character after you retire him that's a flat out thing you should say no to
3: Mm
1: -hmm. the the dm's role in my in from what i sort of see is to be the god who sustains the laws of physics and the rules of the game Mm mm-hmm um, which is difficult because you have to be impartial and you have to sometimes give out you know um, you know bad luck and, and retribution mm-hmm. to people you don't really want to hurt. Um, no favorites because you know, exactly, no favorites. Um, you know you have to sort of balance it and you have to make sure that the people you're playing with who are often friends, you know, close friends mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, you have to sort of keep them at arm's length because nothing is personal mm-hmm. because the DM is the god of that world, um, especially if it's a world that's been independently designed from uh, manuals and stuff. Like, Cameron's mm-hmm. world is more or less completely designed by himself. Mm-hmm. The, the um,
2: correct term is homebrew. Yes, it's homebrew. Thank you,
1: yes. So, if it, you know, if you're doing a homebrew world, uh, the, the DM's role is that much more that of a god. Mm-hmm. Um, and gods, you know have to have to look at things from different perspectives that's the inherent you know level that's different there because
0: cameron is omni omnipotent i think is the term omnipotent omnipresent for your campaign omnipotent omnipotent that's that's the complete word i was looking for yeah that one thank you very much
2: fucking wordsmith
0: english major <laughs> um <laughs> uh, could to I get you to know
1: could you could I um, so to sort of loop this back to acting all and right. um, all of that, I actually wanted to ask you guys so we you know everybody every human does a degree of image manicuring in everyday life mm-hmm. um, so you know because you're not you're not gonna be the same person with you know your two best friends. As you are in front of your boss at work, or mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, whatever. Like for different situations, you need to present yourself slightly differently. All right. Um, and I think to some degree, some of that is acting. Um, and I wanted to ask, you know, how how you guys relate to that image maintenance um, for everyday life. So how and... do we
0: act as Grayson? Uh, and how <laughs> do we act as Jacob? Well, how do you even?
1: figure Um, out, you know, what do you think that there's a difference between public and private? Um, you know, Rose or Grayson or Jacob? Um, and how do you sort of like just thoughts. Thoughts on on all that.
0: Um why don't you go first and then I will follow that up.
2: So Rose, you've actually met me in person you (laughs) in Chicago. You know I'm a completely different person, like, when I'm actually like in front of you mm-hmm. like through computer screen or through text like i'm i'm Mad a little bad. bit more like i'm out there like mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten i'm definitely a 10 when i'm on a computer in person i'm about like a seven okay um so like i think a lot more about what i do in person um especially if i'm with like uh someone who's like a superior to me like my boss like I tone everything down when that happens, but I think the whole separation between um, the being, obviously you guys are in different parts of the world. Uh I'm over here on my computer screen just staring at my little audio waves. Uh
3: Um,
2: I can be as obnoxious as I want because there's, not saying there's no consequences, um, but the consequences are very limited. Uh I hold myself to a higher standard when I'm in person.
3: Hmm.
0: All right and rose how do you how do you differentiate between private and personal rose or public sorry
1: well well i think see it's it's really interesting because um for i've been vaguely conscious conscious of this sort of change for a long time okay um in my life when i was a kid i went to a really really tiny private catholic school all right um so i basically went from pre-kindergarten to eighth grade with the same 12 people for most of my childhood Mm -hmm. so um you know all of them like you know we were closer to siblings than you know friends or peers or classmates because we'd Mm -hmm. just been with each other for so long um so there was a lot of uh a lot of them. It, there wasn't as much stress put on you know appearances and everything because it mm-hmm. was like well you know they know me they've known me like they they've been through every awkward stage that we've all gone through mm-hmm. you know we don't really have any dirt on each other um and i'm a person who i have a very um i have a very strong image of who i want to be
3: all right.
1: um you know, sort of this perfect rose image thing, and I mm-hmm. do uh, care a lot about how I present to other people. I want to give a good impression and I want to be um, you know, I sort of want to match up with this ideal person mm-hmm. um, so and and I do you know, I do have sort of an idiom I go for, you know, I do this sort of artisty thing. I you know, mm-hmm. I'm very particular with my fashion sense. I wear makeup liberal. <laughs> k. Um, nothing wrong with that you know i like i wear makeup um and everything Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily you know part of that is just because i enjoy it um but i'm also you know hyper aware of how Mm -hmm. others may perceive me um and I i think you know what makes me think a lot about this was um in my last relationship there was an instance where um i was accused of being ungenuine all right um, because of the way I would interact with different people mm-hmm. and um, it was a really shaking moment for me because I, I had actually moved out to Las Vegas for a couple months um, so I had very few close friends okay Um, while I was there I was in a completely new state I had no family nearby I had Mm -hmm. I didn't you know I hadn't known anybody for longer than you know six months um Uh you know in that area and I was constantly surrounded by new people who you know I hadn't known for most of my life who I felt like I could not relax around um and so do we you know so I was constantly doing this um you know personal manicuring and you know trying to figure out the best way to interact with you know um, my significant other's parents and you uh-huh. know the the friends he'd introduce us to and the other people and you know my boss at the time because I was out there for an internship mm-hmm. um, you know and these different people I was I was learning how to interview I was doing a journalism in inter- internship so I was learning how to you know talk to people I was interviewing how to conduct Um, You know, business negotiations, everything. And so to be turned around and told, you know, you're a very ungenuine person because you are so conscious of how you come off when you have no safe space here. Mm -hmm. um, It was really striking. And um, it was very uncomfortable because it felt like I, you know, that because I was conscious of the way I came off to other people. Yes. um, I I could not be um, myself in a way, or that mm. those versions of myself were not genuine, even though it was just sort of shifting the angle of approach uh-huh. for those people.
0: And at least for my answer on your question, maybe I relate to that a little bit. There, hmm, I'm trying to think <laughs> on how I can phrase this right, how I can match up to your wonderful story and perspective. Don't even try. Don't even try?
2: <laughs> Trust me, like, out of, like, our podcast, mm-hmm. like, everyone else is about a 7 when it comes to roleplay, she's like a 32.
1: It's all I have, dude. Damn. <laughs> it's all I've got. <laughs>
0: well, let me phrase. I mean, we need that, though, so like. <laughs> let me try to put it into words. Public Grayson will go outside, and he will be social. He will smile and he will be charismatic as hell because that is how public Grayson survives in the wild habitat that is our society and it works and when Grayson, well, when public Grayson is faced with what uh, Jacob phrased as a superior, like a boss or something uh, public Grayson will kneel metaphorically
2: please. (laughs) I'm losing my
3: mind This
0: is great, I'm gonna keep going Uh, He will kneel, in a sense And I'm gonna start screeching (sighs) God, Please don't don't. And He will (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Oh, you're throwing me off so much, Jacob, please
2: Dude, my audio wave is like completely at the top (laughs) uh,
0: I'm gonna have to fix that <laughs> but uh, okay I'll stop speaking in third person Thank and you. and I will god damn it knock it off with the desk noises holy moly uh, but as I was saying very much kneel to the superiority and understand that that person has this position above me however I will on my own in my privacy I hold myself to so much more than that. I hold myself to be more than what I am. I try so, so very much. And like you said, Rose, you have this idea of perfect Rose, ideal Rose. I have the idea of perfect Grayson. And I live every single day. Sometimes I don't try as hard than other days. But I still am working my way there with this this role model of sorts in my head that I keep trying to be. Somebody who is, in all aspects that I can believe, better than who I am right now. I think of this ideal Grayson as somebody who is respected, somebody who can be everything I am, all these conflicting emotions all at once. Somebody who is still funny, who can be this charismatic guy, yet he's also this serious person, because when I'm alone, and when I'm talking to you guys, I feel like I have these subtle touches of humor, but I'm looking for this real conversation that, out in the real world, I don't get to have, because, I don't know, I don't let myself have them, maybe, and I, like in this situation right now, I'm not deflecting, I don't think, but out in the real world, in the public, I would certainly deflect, I would certainly hide my head in the ground, because it's easier, and once I find a place that I plan to stay in, I change completely. I go, I try to bring both sides of me, and it always conflicts because I wonder whether or not the real Grayson is this serious, this very, I don't know how to put it into words now, just serious, very real Grayson, or if I am this jokey grayson if i am the guy who will never ever take anything seriously because whether or not he won't let himself feel it or because he's not willing to so it's a constant battle with uh, two sides of myself which i'm not allowed to speak in third person anymore so (laughs) wrecked
2: i think it also it also helps that we're so far apart from each other like even if we were like across the street and Mm -hmm. we were still doing this it would help to be doing this over the computer because it, it could result back to the whole manly complex or the yeah you know, the gender stereotypes mm-hmm. but having someone see you vulnerable is a lot harder than actually being vulnerable like it's one of the reasons why like the person that I normally talk to about my problems like I can hardly open up to them because we're always doing it in person mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's hard for me like I don't I don't want someone to see that um, that's why over on this podcast like you guys can't see what's really going on you just Mm -hmm. hear me and I think Mm -hmm. that that separation really helps like I don't know it's such a it's such an animalistic instinct to not be vulnerable visceral
3: Mm -hmm. yeah I
1: I would agree and I think um, there is something you know something gets bolstered when you know when you're communicating you know via Um, online, or even a phone call, or text, um, you know, anything like that, where it's, like, there's almost more time to think in between responses. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I know that for a really long time, like, I'm very, I'm very bad at making phone calls. Um, That's what gets my anxiety pumping, Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like the option to have control over the conversation um, is gone um, okay. in a way and it's very funny because you know talking on discord uh, and that sort of thing it, it doesn't it doesn't trigger the same thing and I think it's because there's a predetermined expectation you know I know who
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to be talking to I understand the parameters of that conversation you know when mm-hmm. I log on for you know dice nights I know okay it's gonna be banter I know all these people you know if I'm feeling very socially low and introverted that day Mm-hmm. There's going to be five more people to fill the silence that I can just listen to. Um, getting random phone calls on my phone, I almost never answer numbers that I don't recognize. Because I don't like that mm-hmm. idea of uh, suddenly losing control. Um, and you know, and I've, I think I've had some of my um, most uh, important discussions with people when they're not in front of me. Um and you know and I'm not necessarily a person mm-hmm. who's uh who's bad at opening up to people in person. Um but you know, I think there is a degree where, you know, when you're not face to face with somebody it's much easier, it's almost like you're talking to yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. Um there's, and no so there's consequence. less to lose. Yeah.
0: And you know, I'm I would be lying if I told you that I've never Do you have an Android or an iPhone?
2: I'm not sure if it's the same for iPhone, but she has a fucking Apple phone. What a piece of crap! Wait, she she has Verizon. I don't know what she's doing.
1: Don't you have Verizon?
3: No, yes, Progressive. I have T Mobile. Oh, okay,
0: yes, oh, T Mobile. Well, well, what I was just about to say is that you have this little menu thing that you drag your finger down from the top of your screen, and it shows you all your notifications at once, mm-hmm. and you can see your Facebook message that somebody sent you. You can see your text message. Um, specifically with Facebook messaging, uh, it says when you've seen it. So I look at the notification, <laughs> and oh. I, I read it first. And I think, how do I approach this? How do I tackle this conversation? I want to be the very best like no one ever was. I want to... <laughs> hey,
2: hey Grayson, do you want a pro tip?
0: Sure, Raptor pro tip.
2: So what you do is uh when you see a message, and like you don't want them to know you've seen it, after you've like Turn read off your it, if it's like, too long to actually read in that no 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 after you've read it after in like that little chat bubble Mm -hmm. go to the settings and mark it as unread oh that's now we'll get rid of the scene sign i did not know that thank you
1: i think we're helping every single listener with that tip
2: yeah
0: yeah i know so many people
1: who have anxiety about that they're like i can't i can't open that message because they're gonna know i've seen it and then they're gonna be like why haven't you answered me (laughs)
2: Yeah, in hindsight, that was probably a bad thing to tell, because it goes back <laughs> to the idea of suppressing your emotions, mm. but you know, whatever.
1: But, there, but there's also a degree of, you know, manage what you can manage. Um, oh
2: yeah, like if you get some guy asking for like some really weird pictures, like, I just got a guy yesterday asking me to send nudes, and I'm just like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> um, that's not even mm. a joke. Um, uh, you can just mark it as a random, you never honey, saw it. Honey, I
1: understand completely. Like,
2: You're not a dude.
1: Yeah, I'm also
2: I'm also not really a dude. We don't know if
0: Rose has been approached by ladies for nudes. We don't know that.
2: Do tell Rose.
1: I've been approached by all kinds because for a while I was using the OkCupid Cupid and the Tinder, and Uh, uh, none of those are fun. You're fucking
0: trash. Uh, look,
1: excuse me. Just so you don't
0: feel ostracized, I also have used Tinder. I have also used. Oh my God, you're both trash. I'm done. Oh.
1: Oh my God. There's nothing wrong. There's Street. nothing
0: wrong with looking for love in all the wrong places, you know?
1: Hey, I got two delightful coffee dates out of OKCupid. Okay it was super nice. There you go. Yeah, and that's all I wanted.
0: You know, on that note of OKCupid okay and, you know, Jacob coming in and out it's of the chat. It's another way to act. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I was actually just going act to say convoy. I think the right same. now is like the perfect time to let the show be. And call it, call the show, call it an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to thank you both for coming on so much. I adored having you on, and I'd love to have you both on again sometime.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. I feel like I sort of kicked off a bunch of tangents, and we didn't really mm-hmm. focus on acting. And no,
0: as I, much I, as I we completely disagree. I think we touched on acting fantastically.
2: We hit it on so mm-hmm. many levels. It was like it blew my mind because I thought <laughs> like we were mainly just going to talk about theater acting but I'm mm-hmm. just like let's fucking mix it up a bit let's see like, let's talk about the bad about it
0: and there you have it that was Jacob Rose and I all talking about acting of course it started off with a little bit of touches on Dungeons and Dragons of course that's where that's where they thrive that's what their own podcast is all about but it's quickly stretched into something very much more. It turned into these good things, what theater and acting really represent, and what they provide. These people, all people, this opportunity to feel new emotion, to deal with their own pent-up emotion, to know what it's like to be somebody else, at least for a little while. And of course, we expanded on Dungeons and & Dragons and how much, not only how much fun it is, but how much it enables us to really let our inner selves out. Hence, the whole purpose of making a character, but also role-playing that character. So you have the best of both worlds. You get to be you, but you also get to be them. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter on SoundCloud, uh, Instagram, Facebook, it's all at Tonight We Talk. Well, actually, Facebook is at Tonight We Talk show. And of course, if you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. But whatever your choice, whatever you'd like to do,
3: I genuinely hope you have a nice night.